Hey everyone, welcome to Unpacking Perspectives. I'm Nicole Davison and I'm your host. And today I actually decided to do something a little bit different. I had been trying to decide which episode I wanted to air today. And I suddenly realized that it was important for me to discuss something kind of delicate given what's going to be happening over the next couple of months. Today, I want to talk about anxiety, not as a clinician, not as an expert, not even as a career coach. I want to talk about it as a human being. But before I do that, I wanted to just recognize something that you may or may not have already learned about me. But as we continue to get to know one another through this podcast, I will talk a lot about the losses that I've had in my life, more importantly, related to my parents. This is a time of year that actually brings up a lot of emotions for me. You know, it's, it's interesting because fall is truly one of my favorite seasons. It kind of drives my son crazy because I go a little crazy when it comes to decorating for fall with the pumpkins and the leaves and the scarecrows and everything else. But I do that because in decorating, it, it makes me happy. And it just kind of takes away from the other feelings of loss that I have. As the leaves begin to fall, at least here in the Northeast, sorry, Florida, I imagine that it's a time to let go of the struggles, a time to change, time to look ahead to new beginnings. There's just something about this time of year that just makes me happy. As the temperatures get cooler, there's a crisp feel in the air, but I'm also reminded of a big part of my life that simply isn't there, and that is my parents. Anyone that has lost a parent understands this. I know many in my age group are struggling with caring for aging parents or watching their parents age. I honestly cannot begin to imagine how hard that must be to balance your life and your family as you struggle to watch your parents age. I I truly cannot understand that because I've never been through it. Just as many of you can't begin to imagine a life without them. As I enter this time period between October and November, I do so with a little angst to begin with. October 7th of this year will be 33 years since my mother passed away. And we're actually entering the year that I will turn the age that my mother was when she died, 49. My father passed away on November 7th of 2007. And as my son just turned 12 years old, I can tell you that parenting an only child without my parents has surely created somewhat of an echo chamber of uncertainty. Even as I navigate this whole parenting journey, there's always a part of me that just wonders, what would it have been like if I had my parents? And one of the words that often pops out to me is the anxiety. Would it still be there? I don't know. Something that I've often felt sensitive about is the weight that I carry with my parents' anniversaries. I've read countless books, research articles, and I understand that this is such the way with grief. It never really goes away and you kind of learn to exist with it. One of the things that's really hard for me is never knowing when this feeling of grief is going to reel its ugly head. A smell, a song, even seeing someone that resembles your loved one, that can trigger something within you that you may not have anticipated as you started out in your day. For me, it creates a somewhat familiar feeling that as it's starting to happen, I kind of say to myself, come on, no, I was good. I was doing good, not now. So today, as I talk about anxiety, I really want to recognize that each of us, we do have that within us, but some of us, you never know when it's going to come up. Do you get anxious? I do. 
not all the time, but depending on what is happening in my life, it fluctuates. And in today's world of social media, I feel there are two things happening. One, the word anxiety is sometimes thrown out very loosely. Two, it's becoming more and more prevalent in people of all ages. Maybe because we know more about it, but maybe because our environment is producing so many triggers that honestly contribute to how we react to things. Now, I'm not sure if people realize how much kindness and empathy can actually play into helping someone deal with anxiety. Maybe not everyone, but all I can speak is my truth and how it affects me and how in my heart at 48 years old, what I truly believe in my heart I need from those that love me and care for me. You know, for anyone that suffers from anxiety, I know you get this. It sucks. For anyone that loves someone with anxiety, yep, it sucks too. For many, it's misunderstood. And given my own personal experience with it and how it's affected my life, I wanted to share some insight that I hope will not only help those that struggle with it, but help those with a loved one or a family member that actually struggles with anxiety. Again, I'm going to preface this by saying I am not a clinician. I am not an expert. I'm just somebody that I get it. I really get it. Not at every level, but as I've said from the beginning of this podcast, this is my truth. This is my real, and this is coming from my heart. I'm certain there are many parents out there that have children struggling with anxiety and they get frustrated. They really have no idea what to do, especially with COVID. But if you simply Google quote, increase in anxiety during COVID, you will find over 100 million results. Do it. It's incredible. Something that I've come to realize in my own life and career, everyone has anxiety at different stages of their lives and everyone copes differently. That's the key to me, coping. I'm sure I have had anxiety my entire life. I just didn't realize it. I don't know if it was because of my own way of self-soothing as I grew up or The fact that I was always with a friend that likely talked me through every irrational thought I had, but thinking back on my teenage years, my friends, they truly got me through everything. College, same. Hazel, I clearly put you through hell senior year. For my college students listening, learn how to cope. Don't be ashamed. One thing that I know for certain, the stigma of reaching out for help for anxiety and depression is much less now than ever before. That actually makes me really happy because someone once asked me why I would ever even admit I saw a therapist. They worried that it might affect my ability to get a job in the future. Okay. So my mother died of cirrhosis when I was 15. My father battled cancer for seven years. I'm married to a first responder that served in a major crime squad for over nine years. You know what? Imagine if I never went to therapy. Oh, and that's just the big stuff. Don't even get me started on hormones because that's an episode in and of itself. And many in my age group, I know you're going to be waiting for that one. Something that I realized is developing a strong foundation of coping strategies early on will only create a framework of learning how to live a healthier and happier life. I know for me, this has been a lifelong journey throughout my entire adult life. It does ebb and flow. And I've learned about my own triggers I've continued to put supports in place. And honestly, at the end of the day, while I'm still learning, I just need to give myself grace. But sometimes I've been reflecting on the fact that my husband, while very well-meaning, doesn't struggle from anxiety like I do. I mean, I'm sure he gets anxious, but he's a Marine. He's trained in ways that I'm not. And I'm sure some of you can relate to this. 
as a mom, there may or may not have been a time when I may have burst into tears for no reason at all and started regurgitating every irrational thought in my brain. Well, my husband of 20 years with two degrees, multiple certifications, decorated military and law enforcement, he truly has no idea what to do with me. He tries. He steps into action as he can. Sometimes action is not necessarily what's needed. Sometimes you just need to feel heard. And sometimes you just need to get something out. You know how when you're boiling water with a cover, what happens when you keep the cover on? Imagine suppressing all of that nervous energy and not letting it out. Finding the right way to cope, the right people who listen. Some of us are simply more conditioned to be that empathetic ear. Others, not so much. It may not always be those closest to you, but there have been times that I literally printed out articles and handed them to my husband. Quote, how to help your loved one when they're anxious. Again, I'm not a clinician. The most important part of coping with anxiety would be for me to start at the foundation of a professional that's trained and licensed to help you learn how to cope with it, to learn how to understand it. I know for me, exercise has been probably one of the biggest factors in helping me in my own life. Without it, I feel a difference, but also finding your balance. You know, again, everyone is different, whether it's yoga, art, running, meditation, therapy, medication, breathing exercises. You are your own unique person. You know, one other point I want to make that you may or may not be able to relate to anxiety to me is like riding a wave. You know, sometimes it's like a little ripple. Sometimes it's a true wave that you ride for what may sometimes feel endless. You know, there there have been times in my life that I would describe an overwhelming time as a perfect storm. Think about the perfect storm, right? Everything is happening at once. And that to me is when I feel most uncertain in my life and when I feel most anxious. You know, a lot of different things are happening, things that you can't control. To me, When I'm most anxious, I often call it the perfect storm. And when you bring it down to the foundation of anxiety, it is truly like riding a wave. So for those of you that truly can't understand what anxiety feels like, I actually came up with a few points that I've experienced in my own life, often among some of the most well-intentioned people. When someone says, what's the big deal? Or just do it. It's kind of funny when I I say those words out loud just do it. Cause my dad actually used to say that he always said that and would laugh about it thinking he was actually being funny, but seriously, something that's a big deal to me may not seem like a big deal to you, but just as I would never minimize your big deal for someone with anxiety, if you minimize their big deal, it can sometimes feel like an even bigger one. Believe me, we are fully aware of our sometimes irrational thoughts and talking through them with an empathetic ear can sometimes get you through the wave. So instead I might say, I can only imagine how hard this might be right now. And I'm here to listen if you need it. I'll tell you that helps me knowing that I'm not a burden and knowing that someone is there to actually listen. That takes me really far. You know, it's funny. I can sing the national anthem to thousands of people. I can give a presentation to a boardroom, instruct a classroom full of college students, Pick a snake up off the ground. How many of you get anxious at any of these thoughts? The point I'm trying to make, your big deal might not be mine, but it's yours. And just as important when you're trying to cope with it. But some people that struggle with anxiety, it's all day, every day. Their big deal is often all the time. 
So here's another one. You worry too much. Yeah, I know. Fully aware. Believe me, I would love to stop worrying. Help someone by saying, it's totally normal to be worried about something like this. Do you want to talk about it? Dismissing someone with anxiety can, believe it or not, be humiliating and increase one's anxiety and feelings of isolation. There are some that have been through very different levels of trauma. I sometimes can't remember why I walked into the kitchen, but I can tell you minute by minute the day my mother died, what she looked like as they carried her down the stretcher and lifted her into that ambulance. I can remember the exact scene of the hotel lobby on the day of the Boston Marathon bombing as we were leaving the hotel with our three-year-old son as my husband had just completed his marathon hours earlier. My experience at a road race in a crowded hotel lobby or hearing an ambulance siren might be different than yours. I may not be anxious during those times, but from those experiences, my heightened level of awareness might be triggered at a different time. Because of these experiences, I may or may not overmother my son. And honestly, I'll wear that badge with honor. You know, when you think about the people in your life that have been through a lot, you could teeter between anxiety and even post-traumatic stress disorder. And the one thing that I will stress is everyone is different. Everyone copes differently. Everyone feels differently. And everyone communicates differently. I don't always have these triggers, but they're a part of who I am. They're a part of what's given me empathy in my life. And they're also a part of what's enabled me to persevere through other situations that maybe others can't. And there's nothing wrong with one person being able to handle a certain situation and another person not. Because one of the things that I often try to stress is we're all different. Each of us has a very different foundation. Now, here's one that I struggle with. (laughs) When someone says, you should really just go on medication or something else like yoga or meditation or breathing exercises. Yes, anyone with anxiety is aware of all of this. Something that's very important to understand, however, all of these abilities to cope with things, all of these different treatment plans, all of these different options, they all affect people differently. And everyone, again, they have different support systems, different triggers, different coping mechanisms. Treating anxiety is not a one-size-fits-all. And believe it or not, medication is actually not always the best route for some people. For some people, it is life-changing. It's amazing. But the most important thing that I would stress about something like that is speaking with a licensed therapist should always be the start so that you can work with someone that knows and understands the level of anxiety you're struggling with and what your comfort level is with any form of treatment. When someone says, calm down, well, believe me, if someone could do that so easily, they would. And when someone says to calm down to someone with anxiety, they likely will start internalizing the fact that they can't calm down and sometimes get even more anxious. Sometimes telling someone with anxiety to calm down may lead them to feel that they are choosing to be anxious. Like with other things in life, it's pretty complicated telling someone to get over it. Okay. I'll admit this. I am guilty of this. Even with my son, I've literally said these words, but for some with anxiety, when you tell them to get over it, I guarantee you, they will not get over it. And as a matter of fact, they're probably even more anxious now feeling completely inadequate and will likely obsess in their mind, a few more irrational thoughts related to not being able to get over it. Instead, maybe try, what can we do to get you through this? At least for me, Talking through my thoughts helps tremendously, but not everyone is a talker. That's important too. 
Behavioral therapy has been a part of my life since I was 15. Every state I've lived in, I've sought out a therapist as I would a dentist or a doctor. There are different types of therapies available too. But depending on your level of need, whether it's a licensed counselor, a social worker, a marriage and family therapist, a psychiatrist, there are so many different options. It's important to really take the time to think about what you need. I truly believe this, that finding the right fit is important. And it's not uncommon for someone to meet with someone and realize ah, I'm, that this isn't going to work, but don't give up because finding the right person that you can begin a foundation of treatment with can truly lead you down the right path to being able to cope with something that is absolutely not your fault. Now, I'm not someone that's anxious every day. I actually don't become paralyzed by anxiety. Some very much do. And that's why I say everyone is different. Everyone has different triggers and everyone copes differently. For me, aside from the fact that I'm 48 years old and have already begun to go through my own hormonal changes, my anxiety levels have absolutely fluctuated depending on the time of the month, depending on what's going on in my life. If there's any insight I can provide on that is know your body, mind, and spirit. When you start to notice any changes in your ability to cope with life, pay attention and talk about it if you're comfortable with. Not only with friends and family, but finding a professional, finding someone that you can talk to, whether it's a doctor or a therapist. Which brings me to my next point. Not everyone wants to hear about this. You know, I've, I've learned this the hard way. Some of us with anxious thoughts can be a bit too much for some, and that's okay. That's something that I've definitely struggled with. My insight, find your people, the ones that listen, the ones that love you for your heart, even when your heart is pounding literally out of your chest. As someone with some sometimes inconsistent anxiety, meaning every now and then it creeps up into my life with very little notice, it can trigger a reaction that I'm fully aware is irrational. But for me, I struggle with the social anxiety. So there are times and moments that I might feel, say, excluded when I actually might be completely making it up in my head. I know that. I'm fully aware of it. But if you let it fester, it grows to the point that you've now cut yourself off from the people that know and love you. That I'm still working on. And it's hard. Believe me, I know. You know, it's interesting. Recently, I took on something that was somewhat out of my comfort zone and something that I'm very passionate about, but one aspect of it triggered my social anxiety in such a way that I honestly wasn't prepared for. And going through something like this with the right support makes it much more possible to ride the wave with less of a disruption to your life. But I know myself and I have years behind me working on it. I'll tell you this, it is a continual work in progress. So there's no quick fix for this. At least I don't think so. I mean, again, not a clinician. I just think it's something that you need to be patient with yourself and take your time. Now, I also want to touch on one other thing that's actually really important to me. Something that has been weighing on my heart for many years, our younger generation. You know, I, I'm truly a child of the 80s. And yes, as I date myself, <laughs> we've had no social media growing up, no internet, no cell phones, literally nothing. We came home from school when I was growing up, playing with our friends outside, no devices, pretty much until the lights came on. And at least for me, there were no distractions. You know, it's funny. I remember watching, many of you, do you remember the facts of life? I watched the facts of life and different strokes. Then it was dinner time. 
And then after dinner, I remember MASH would come on. Do you guys remember MASH? Yeah, many of you probably never even heard of it. But I remember listening to the music for MASH and being like, oh, that's the boring show. It's funny. Years later, my that's like one of my husband's favorite shows. Clearly, he's a Marine. But the reason I share this, it, it was a very simple time back then. FOMO, fear of missing out, it didn't exist. I don't remember ever feeling that I was left out of anything. If something was going on outside of our little bubble, we didn't hear about it unless a friend called on the house phone or maybe in school the next day. But there was never any evidence, never any posts that you see online. There was no online. Our younger generation is connected all the time. What everyone is doing, what's happening, who's with who, TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy social media and it is critical for my business, but for our younger generations, for all the parents out there, I would use caution. I'm seeing such an increase in anxiety and depression among adolescents, something that even I am not too knowledgeable about. Ads that pop up, the sponsored pages on all of our social media accounts. What impact is this having on our younger generation? I just started exploring TikTok and I'm honestly clueless and have been hoping that my interns can bring me into the current 20th century or whatever you want to call it into the current century. But the more I explore, the more I hesitate. There is so much information out there, things that I watch that quite frankly, overwhelm me. I can only imagine what a 14-year-old girl is going through. Add on to that the challenges over the last 18 to 20 months during covid We need to find more kindness and patience and understanding. Everyone is anxious about something right now. Everyone copes differently, but some have a much higher level of anxiety. And without the proper support and treatment, they will suffer far greater than necessary. So why am I sharing all this? Because I can. Throughout the course of my career and my life, I've interacted with clients and students and friends and family that are on all ends of the spectrum of anxiety. Some have been struggling for decades. Others, a life event may have brought it on. It's everywhere. And life can be hard. Life can also be incredible. And life will continue to be a series of uncertain events that can at times feel to be way too much. I sometimes struggle. Many of you struggle. Last spring, as I was walking in circles in my cul-de-sac, I was looking for this to hear that I'm not alone. Because at times I felt as though I was on my own little island of self-doubt and feelings of inadequacy, making those comparisons of everyone else that had it all together and I didn't. And I know that's not true. But having an ear to listen to me and support me makes all the world of a difference. I know that I just need to get out of my own head sometimes. And I'm sure some of you can relate to that. So I guess my goal today is to be that little voice for you to hear. You're not alone. There are so many like you that at times feels the weight of the world on your shoulders. You can do this. You are loved. You're not a burden. You matter. And more important, it's okay to ask for help when you need it. And if you didn't already realize this, I I needed to hear this for myself. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening to our episode today. I would be so grateful if you would share this episode with anyone that you think might enjoy listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast. If you want to leave a review, even better. You can follow us at Unpacking Perspectives on Instagram or Facebook. You can also follow us at NMD Careers 
on Instagram and Facebook. And feel free to email me at unpackingperspectivespodcast at gmail.com. Remember, if you spend too much time thinking about the final destination, you might miss experiencing the journey. Until next time.